Hi and welcome to Shaky Sports Journeys. Thank you as ever for joining and continuing to, to view the podcast. Appreciate it much. Um, another podcast for you today, a little bit different uh, to some of the stuff that's been on the, the podcast so far. So the chap on screen is, um, is my club captain, Ross McLean, nickname of Nixie, a lot of people will know him by. Um, fine all-rounder, kind of driving force behind a lot of what happens at Kelburn Cricket Club. Him as well as uh, his family, the McLean family, his mum, his dad, his younger brother, his younger sister, they're all involved in the club. Um, and we're going to chat through today, uh, 2021 summer, so only about six months ago, um, and talk through uh, the season um, and the fact that we were pushing for promotion, which we achieved. So we'll chat about that as well, which was great. But unfortunately, halfway through the season, some events took place. Um, unfortunately, Nixie contracted COVID, um, not just staying at home, COVID and isolating, unfortunately, to the point that he ended up in ICU in the REH Hospital in Paisley, uh, battling for his life. Um, and we're going to chat through all of that, as well as recovering and coming out, and thank God, on screen now. So, Nixie, how you doing, mate? I'm doing all right, buddy. How are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Now, listen, I'll put this out there. I know you're not the most, uh, you know, camera-type guy um, or somebody that likes to to be in the in the limelight or anything like that. But uh, listen, you'll be you'll be absolutely fine. We'll have a we'll have a good blather just like we do every other day when we're talking cricket. Um, what I want to start by doing is I want to take you to back to the start of the summer. Now, obviously, we were recovering. We did a season off played some friendlies and whatnot, but we had no competitive cricket in 2020 when the pandemic struck. So we're around late April right now. We're going into the season. How are you feeling about things? You know, I was feeling <coughs> I was feeling pretty good about 2021. Um, I'd actually, obviously you'll know this as well, but I'd actually got myself pretty fit for it. I'd lost about two and a half stone from Christmas time to April. Um, we'd put a good squad together. The team was rain to go because we missed the season for COVID. So everybody around the club was kind of like, you know what, this could be our year. Um, and obviously I had my wedding and stuff to look forward to. So at the start of 2021, I was really rain to go. I thought it was going to be kind of a good year for everything. You know it was, I mean? it was. Yeah. And everything was going to plan, mate. Yeah. Um, we we played, what, six or seven games. You lost, we lost a couple of games at the start of the season because of the, the late start to the league while we waited yeah. for restrictions to get um, eased a little bit. But I mean, going into pretty much, it was pretty much halfway stage. We were about to play air. Um, and up until that stage, we were undefeated. Life must have felt hunky-dory, mate. No, I did. I think we ended up, we played the two games that were kind of COVID friendlies, effectively. Won both of them. All the guys that we'd picked performed. Uh, played the next five league games, absolutely took them by storm. Including the kind of EK game, which was a very big game for us. Um, where we kind of came over the line and we probably shouldn't have. Um, so at that point, effectively, yeah, played seven games. We'd won seven games. Everything was going good. Um, yeah. And you, obviously, as well, just to mention, you're, you're a software developer by mm-hmm. uh, by day job. You work for, for Sky, I believe. Um, so working career, cricket, soon to you get know, married. I'd actually, I'd actually just, I'd, I was not long in a new, a new role with Sky. So I was kind of getting into the second half of the year and that. I was doing pretty well with that. Cricket going well, wedding to look forward to, yeah, so it was all there. So, I guess at this stage, I guess what I'll say is, you never know what's around the corner. Yeah. I mean, you, you always like to think that 
you know, you see things in the news and something happens to somebody else and it's heartbreaking when you see th certain things happening, but you do, we, we all as humans, I think sometimes think to ourselves, oh, it won't, it won't happen, it won't happen to us. What was your thoughts on COVID um, around that time? Obviously, we'd all been through lockdown and yeah. everything else. What were your general feelings on it? Um, I think like everyone, I think I, I don't think I doubted it was there. Um, I kind of believed it was there. It was obviously going about and kind of getting some of the older folk and stuff like that. But I think like a lot of us, and especially around my age group, um, maybe thought that it was a bit, I don't know, maybe it wasn't as serious as people said. You, didn't, you hadn't heard them, the your age group getting it. You hadn't seen them, like none of my family had got it um, and got it bad. So you kind of at that point, you're probably like, well, is it maybe the media making it a bit kind of stronger than it is? Or is it, I don't know, is, is, is it just that? But I was kind of, always knew it was there and I was always trying to kind of keep myself away from it. But I maybe didn't think it was as bad as, obviously it, it came, came and got me, but um, yeah. Yeah, no, you, you're right. I, I felt the same, mate. I felt <laughs> the same. It definitely looked like it was striking uh, more the older people. Um, I actually contracted it. Prior to, to you contracting it, right back at the start of the season, me and my wife um, got it. You know, we were fairly floored. Thankfully, not to the point that we needed yeah. hospitalised, but it was an eye-opener also, as well as that. Somebody that we both know, Magitak, was one of the first people um, that I knew of, and he ended up, um, you know, in, in ICU, as well as his father. Thank God both of them pulled through. But that aside, it, it really didn't have any direct impact of it, so... It, it wasn't until I got it myself as well that I was thinking, oh, this is actually it's quite serious. But uh, you, you know, were due to get married, I reckon probably in about 10 days' time, maybe 12 days' time, around that. Um, how did you, when did you first start feeling like, I'm not feeling too good? Um, so, <laughs> I felt like, so basically we played two games that weekend, right? So we played on the Wednesday, I played 20 overs against Renfrew. We played a 50-over game against Helensburg. Played those games, feeling fit as anything. But then my stag down on the Sunday. So we go out for a stag down, feel totally fine. I'm in Edinburgh, walking about Edinburgh in tennis gear. So I'm feeling completely fine. And then that kind of night, I got home, it was about one in the morning. And I remember saying to the guy that I work with, um, I, don't, I don't feel that great. And I actually had went to my bed early that night. And the end, everybody was kind of like, oh, you need to stay up. But I just didn't feel right. Then I woke up the kind of Monday. Um, obviously, you don't know if it's a hangover or it was, so I didn't feel that great. Thought it was a hangover. Came back, kind of walked, walked my way through the Tuesday um, at work. I just knew something wasn't right. And then I kind of was in my bed until the weekend. Effectively, that's kind of how quick it was. Um, but then even in that period of time, the Tuesday to Friday, I didn't feel that bad. It was when it hit the Friday, it started just to take a turn. Um, I knew right away there was something something not right if you just totally changed it was like more more than a first of all it was just feeling like a cold fatigue that kind of stuff by the weekend it was like coughing but you could really feel it in your lungs if you know what I mean like as if something just wasn't there I was feeling like air bubbles and stuff like that it just totally changed um so what, how did you what kind of test did you go and get a did you go and get yeah, a so I, went right for the the test. Test. I went for the test Tuesday after my work um so came back on Monday from the stag to um Worked to Tuesday at home, just kind of trying to get through that. Then I went to Tuesday night, and um, me and Louise tested positive. So okay. Louise had it at the same time, um, and Aliyah tested negative at the time. But while I was a kind of in hospital and stuff, she tested positive as well. So we all got it in the end. 
So, like you said, by first three four days, you know, mm-hmm. feeling a bit of fatigue, not feeling not feeling great, and then when did you contact the hospital? You you said it got things took a turn. Well, for it, 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 I got a bit worse on the Friday, <laughs> um, and then I kind of struggled through. Like, and we try and do it. You don't think it's it's going to like you don't think you've got it that serious. So Friday, I was like, maybe that's just the end of it. Maybe it's getting worse before it gets better. Um, and then the Saturday, it got worse again. And it was Louise, actually. I wasn't wanting to phone. Because, you know, it's like, you kind of don't want to. You're like, oh, no, I'll just get through it. But Louise phoned them on a Sunday morning and just told them everything that had happened. And I was in, they got me an appointment on Sunday night. So, How did um, you get, did, did, uh, did Louise just drive you to the hospital? or? Yeah, do you know, we drove, right? And actually, they offered to come and get us on, like, an ambulance or something. But I thought maybe I should have took it. Because by the time I'd... I could hardly walk down the stairs at this point on the Sunday, um, struggling to get down the stairs, struggling to get to the car. Luckily, I got in, but when I got to the hospital, they put me in a chair, and that was me on a chair until I came out, basically, a chair in my bed. Yeah. So I take it, knowing you, just didn't want the bus or the ambulance turning up in the street. No, I didn't. I just to go slip yeah. under the radar and, and go the way you were going, but sounds yeah. like it was just deteriorating at that point. Well, it was. I, I, I definitely knew because like, I kept saying no, and then Louise was like, no, I need to phone, and do you know that I then said, okay, go for it, and normally I wouldn't say that, so she knew there was something wrong, so yeah. So you arrive in hospital, mm-hmm. you're basically taken where? <clears throat> um, I was taken into like a wee kind of doctor's room, they just had a look at me, took my blood pressure, stuff like that, um, checked my oxygen levels, and then straight away, I was wheeled into a kind of side room, where they hooked me up to oxygen, IV, um, like a kind of cannula thing for my bloods. And then I was sitting there, and honestly, I was kind of sitting there like, oh, this is good. I'm in the right place. They'll sort me out a couple of tablets, and I'll be out an hour. And then I was kind of sat there three, four hours later, and I was still sitting there. Kept coming in and checking on me, and then at some point, they just came in and went, right, you're going up to the ward. And I was like, oh, I think I've been for a couple of days, and they just kind of didn't give you that look, because if, oh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll see. So yeah, I just thought, honestly thought I was better than it. That's kind of I was like, yeah, we'll just go up and get some stuff, and then I'll be home. Well, home during this home. time, yeah, from the start of the week until when you're talking about, I was in contact with you, so I knew I you had, know. I knew you had, we all knew you had COVID. A couple of the other boys had to isolate as well. Yeah. Stevie McGlister, um, Ryan Morrow, Donald Campbell, they were all they were all isolating as well. And yeah, you, you there were some stages where you wouldn't message for quite a while, but having had COVID. You have out periods of time where you just fall asleep for seven, eight hours straight, and then you'd be in touch again. And it wasn't until you sent me a picture. I think you must have sent around a few of the boys just saying, and, and you were in hospital. And that's yeah. when I started thinking, that's not very good. You know, that's that's a bit worrying. But at the same time, inside, like you, you're thinking, you'll be all right next day. You know, you're in the safest place. So you've now gone into the ward. What what was what at that stage? What were you feeling? Actually, feeling like physically, were you were you struggling to breathe, or what was the main symptoms? You no, know, I actually, you know, when you said that picture as well, Shaky, I only said that because I because I thought I was I was just in for some checks, I'll be out, and then obviously quickly that um, I kind of realised that wouldn't. But I got to the ward. I was, you know, I was actually when I first got admitted, you get a wee kind of resurgence, you feel a bit better because you're like, you know, what, I'm in the hospital, I'm getting everything I need, so I started to feel slightly better um, and maybe that was so I only went to the ward for two days um, and then maybe that's why I don't know maybe I was feeling a bit as if I was getting better and stuff but actually I wasn't my body was kind of deteriorating inside and 
it was actually the <clears throat> the second morning I woke up in the ward and just uh, about eight in the morning they just woke up to nine doctors crowded around me like just kind of in a circle and you're just sitting there like what's going on here because you think you're just in the ward you'll be fine I was talking having my dinner the night before mm-hmm. and they just all these nine doctors around me going um yeah we're taking you up to ICU so instantly it just woke me up turned me in my stomach laid me down back to machines and I got wheeled up and that was me wheeled into a kind of secluded room because I had COVID obviously so you couldn't be in a ward so I was put into a room kind of glass all around you hooked up to the machines and that was me for the next 12 days so it was a bit, a bit strange that way just waking up and seeing all those folk around you it was a bit, yeah. so what had that, what had happened that they were that concerned at that stage I think they were giving me oxygen at the time so I had the kind of um, just the kind of basic mask of, uh, through your nose mm-hmm. and I'd obviously I mean I was probably doing okay and then I woke up in the morning and it's dropped so my oxygen levels dropped from like 90-ish which is still bad and it dropped all the way down to like 80 odd and that's just a no-go so they had they just wheeled me straight up um, obviously because overnight as well your body's meant to be relaxing so you're actually meant to get better yeah because um, you're relaxing your body's not doing anything so your oxygen's meant to be in the morning probably be the best um and i woke up and it's just deteriorated overnight so, um, so you're in icu face yeah. down um i remember your mum saying to me so we were getting updates <laughs> Obviously, updates became few and far between, but special mention to the RAH hospital, who we will talk about a little bit more, yeah. but by the sounds of things, they kept in touch with your fiancé, Louise, and your mum quite a lot. Um, and your mum, she was like, oh, Ross hates like <laughs> anything like this, tubes or needles or anything like that. You know, I don't know how he's going to be handling it. And that's just a mother for you. Like, it was heartbreaking at the time because... Yeah. They can't, nobody could even come to sit by your bedside and say, you know, keep you in that. That's COVID. That, that's a heartbreaking thing about COVID. And people that have unfortunately lost loved ones, I probably know even had final time with them. It's 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 not it's hard to even it's hard to even think about or imagine. But you were then in ICU, and mm-hmm. when that news filtered through, that's when I think mm-hmm. it became really terrifying. Cause like you, I'm thinking, oh next year'll be all right, man. A couple of days, you'll be you'll you'll get through this. So what then transpired in, in in ICU and what were you were you were you awake a lot of that time or what was it yeah, like? So, so in ICU, I was in there for about twelve days in the end, and effectively, I was up there because my oxygen levels weren't getting better even with oxygen. So that's obviously a bad sign. Um, so they take you up there basically um, hook you up to a lot of monitoring. So ICU, in effect, is just you get one to one kind of nurse treatment. So they're just constantly monitoring you. And well, I know we'll talk about them later, but see this. It's the only people you get to speak to, these nurses, right? And you don't get to see your family, friends, maybe the odd phone call, but these are the people that are your day-to-day. That's all you're seeing. <laughs> and the fact that they actually, they give the care, but they care about you as well. You know what I mean? They're, they're doing it, but they, they, they don't know you. But they, just, the way they, just the way they treat you and stuff, it makes you feel 10 times better. So I can only thank them enough. But yeah, effectively, in um, ICU, you just, I got hooked up to um, a kind of more invasive oxygen so it was kind of like cpap i think which is kind of step before ventilation where it's giving you the oxygen you don't really need to um do much um and then because i wasn't eating or drinking at that point <coughs> i was on the iv lines so i had iv lines coming out both arms i had cannulas in um my arm just to check blood oxygen levels um, and at that point that was when i started to feel pain and stuff like that so i was maybe when you when i stopped messaging you guys um 
you know, I was I was on morphine, I was on kind of muscle relaxants and stuff like that because I just wasn't I just didn't have any chill time then, I didn't have any sleep, nothing. So my body wasn't having time to recover. Um, but then you never really I don't know, like you, at that point you, you're still gonna wheeled up there and you're still you kinda go in a state of, I don't know, it's like shock. I wasn't really thinking anything, I was just going with the flow. Like anything they were doing, I was just saying, right, on you go and do it, I'm just kind of lying there. But it was only when they came in, I think, two days into ICU, <laughs> they put me in like a fast, so I wasn't eating, um, couldn't let me eat, changed all my drugs and stuff to do something else, and then they came in and went, yeah, you're still getting worse. Um, if you don't get better in the next three hours, we'll ventilate you. So <laughs> I'm kind of sitting there going, all right, okay, because you obviously know the ICU rates are quite good. Because um, it's a good care, but the ventilation, the minute you, you mention that, I think it's it becomes a lot more difficult to kind of recover and come off it. Um, it's all very well going on it, but that's what they were speaking about. It's, it's when you try and come off it, so they try and avoid it at all times. So I think it's quite, um, it's not very good for your body, effectively. So that was a bit of a shock. It's probably the real, real kind of moment where I thought, oh, this is not, this is not very good. Um, what were you, what was like, Again, talking about your family, you were due to get married, you know, one minute you were, like we talked about at the start, happy, jolly, life was going going really well. Um, your fiance is now in a situation where she's at home. Yeah. Now we really started worrying. Let's be honest here, let's not beat around the bush. You were in a, a life-threatening yeah. situation. Your mom and your dad just... Puzzle. What was what was what was going through your head? Uh, uh, did you think about family well, and things like that? No, it was probably one of them. It, until they kind of mentioned the ventilation, everyone was still like, "Oh, you're about because it was it was three weeks before my wedding." So actually, you know, kind of like at the start, you know, I've got COVID. It's maybe not the worst thing because if I'd got it at my wedding, it'd have been off. And then you're thinking, you're, you're still thinking, I might get out yeah, and so have that. Got it. Maybe this is maybe this is a kind of blessing and stuff. Obviously, that wasn't the case, but. Um, at that point, like Louise is in the house with COVID, so I don't know how she's getting on. Aliyah's got COVID at this point, I don't know how she's getting on. And mom and dad kind of came up, so I was literally sitting there. I don't know. I, I, I was I was trying not to think of it. I was trying maybe, trying to maybe like I was spending all my energy trying to fight it, right? And just kind of I don't know, just trying to relax and fight it and just think positive because it's all you can really do at that point. Um, but it was a, it was very hard on season because. My big family manager, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, you are. You're a really tight, tight knit, tight knit unit. Like I mentioned at the start, your family, the McLean family, are the life and soul of of Kilburn Cricket Club. I, I know all close close friends of mine. You've got a younger brother, Cameron. You've got a younger sister, Heather, and you're all really, really close. Um, as well as obviously your fiance, yeah, your stepdaughter, Aaliyah, and you know, you're uh, you're you're always seen together. So it just crossed my mind, you know, what what you were thinking, but I think you had the right mentality. Next year, it sounds like, you know, you were concentrating on what the most important thing was, and yeah. that was that was getting back to, to good health. What, I guess, my, during this time, mm-hmm. um, that you abruptly decided to go into hospital and, le- and leave us all stranded, next year, we, uh, we lost three games on the bounce, you know, so we had you as skipper, everyone was going swimmingly, so I know this doesn't really matter in the context of things, but I know how much this meant to you, and you were probably still yeah. thinking about this while you were in. But we lost three cricket games in a row um, while you were while you were in hospital. 
I know you were feeling that as well when you were able to get some of the news. Or you were probably thinking to yourself, this is just going from bad to worse. Do you know what was funny? I, I, when you come out of ICU, they give you a kind of Inspire programme, right? So you get to talk to the nurses that um, were caring for you, the doctors uh-huh. that were caring for you, and you get a kind of diary. So I kind of, I've been reading that and stuff, so it's quite good. But <clears throat> there was one entry, I think it was the, the air game, right? So at this point, I wasn't really compass minutes. I was maybe speaking in the morning and not texting and stuff, but there was a note in my diary that says, um, your team lost first game without you. You weren't very happy. I was just like that. <laughs> I've probably said something to them. That was quite funny, but I don't remember the game after, the Renfrew game. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I still remember the drums game and thankfully it doesn't matter, but because I was on the mend a bit at that point. Um, I'd been back down at the ward. I was kind of setting up. I was getting visitors. Um, and I remember we got on and on like, He'd hit 200 odd and I was getting the updates. There were six, seven down and then just kept getting these further updates that they were getting to it, getting to it. And I was honestly, I was sitting across my phone. I was like, oh, no, this can't be happening. But yeah, that wasn't, I, I remember that game well. <laughs> but, yeah. you, 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 you mentioned there that you were, you, were, you were getting a little bit, starting to get a little bit better. When, did you, when was the first time you had interaction with a family member? So when I was in ICU, but 10 days in, they were allowed to kind of come visit me via the glass wall thing mm-hmm. so just kind of waving stuff um when we got down to the ward they were actually really good so louise was obviously out of isolation um i i technically was still in a kind of covid period because they, they, they treat it a bit differently than what we would do so if you get it it's not 10 days it's a bit longer <clears throat> but as long as louise was kind of um, putting pp on and stuff they were letting her in the room so when i got down to the ward i think it was three four days in so Probably by this point, I'm maybe two weeks into the hospital. So for the last kind of two weeks, I was getting to, Louise was getting to visit and stuff. So that was quite good. Um, she was coming up a couple of times a day, just having a good chat and stuff like that. So. That then, must have been the uh, first time you've probably seen her. I think your mum came the, the time that they waved at the, the window as well. Yeah. Um, and I think just for your mum to be able to, I, I remember it, it didn't seem so long ago. Um, it, it wasn't that long ago. And your mum was, you know, she, it lifted everyone's spirit. She said that... Yeah. You looked, you look, you didn't look as bad as you thought you were going to look. Yeah, do you know, I, I think, and I don't know whether ICU done this on purpose, but like the first five six days in there, that, that's when you're feeling your worst, obviously, because they're giving you everything you need. Um, and actually, I didn't really touch upon it, but the good news about the ventilator, why I didn't go on it, and it was good and bad news, which is a bit of a strange kind of thing to take. But they came up and said, "We're giving you hundreds of oxygen. You're getting worse. Um, we're going to have to send you for scans." Or we're going to ventilate because it's all we can do. And then they did a scan and said, you know what, you've you've got collapsed lungs. And I went, all right, that sounds bad. Um, and then the guy went, yeah, it's bad. But the good news is it's probably what's causing the oxygen levels not to go up. So, so that was when I got the kind of um, chest training. Um, and that, that kind of helped. But actually, I was um, talking about the needles and stuff. My, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of them. And obviously during that period, you just kind of forget about it all and you just let them do it. But... This, like the, you get that chest in a week so they give you you've got pain relief and stuff but like they come in and it's like a big tube jabbed in between your kind of ribs at the side above your lung and it's it was quite quite a painful thing but initially I thought it was working they took it out and then I had to get three in in the end because it just kept happening so I'm doing one I'm doing two and then it came to the third one and by the third time was when they started kind of my family were coming in so I was feeling a lot better um, the first two drains had done the kind of job but they, but then they were meant to do, so it was helping me. Um, and then they took that one out and I've kind of went back back again. So my oxygen levels dropped. So 
that was still weird there. So they came in with a third one. I'm feeling better, and I just remember them wheeling in the trolley, and I've seen the size of the needle and stuff, and I'm like, ah, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> and, they, and they were like, you've done two of these, you'll be fine. And I was like, no, no, because I was about more awake. Yeah. You just took one look at it and I went, no, nah, I can't do that. I can't believe I've even let you know. Where it was going to go, a third one was going yeah, to go. Yeah, a third one in the same place. Oh. So kind of three scars just dotted under my armpit. But mm-hmm. Yeah, so no, so that was kind of when they got in. So I was feeling a lot better um, and they were trying to get me up on my feet and my ch- uh, chain and stuff, which was another struggle in itself. But yeah, so no, that was good to see them. I think that probably helped me. And I think when they mentioned like the ventilator and stuff, I don't know if my body was just like, Nah, do you know what? We're not going on to that. So, um, I'm not, I have to obviously try to fight it. So, yeah. But. So, big question. Yeah, you know, you're, you've gone through this ordeal. <laughs> Did you at any moment think in your head, I might not get out of here? Uh, do you know what? I've been asked that quite a few times. And I guess it's the, <laughs> the question folk ask, but I don't know if this is naive or not but I, I didn't really I, I was kind of I was so focused on do you know what I'll get in there um let, I was just letting them do anything anything they wanted to me um the scariest thing was that everything they were doing to me they were telling me that actually we've learned this over the last 18 months so they're giving me particular types of oxygen they're giving me like these kind of um IV lines they're giving me steroids to stop my immune system stuff like that all that stuff is stuff that they weren't doing at the start and it's stuff they've learned that helps. So you're kind of sitting there going, you let them do everything. And I, I was just trying to blank it all out and just kind of focus on getting myself out. So I didn't really think at any point, but you are sitting there going, imagine you were the one of the first that were in there. And this, the staff don't know really what the, they've not seen it before. So they don't know how to treat it. They're just, it's all trial and error. And actually that kind of made me feel a bit thankful, thankful in the end, I guess that, over that period of time, I've managed to kind of work out ways of trying to help and stuff. Because I imagine if it was at the start, it might have been a bit worse. Yeah, no, I think so. I think so. In general, from the outside, then you know, as I mentioned, we we lost lost three games, but it was a time when not only your family, but the wider cricket club, everyone at the cricket club, it's a very together kind of club Kilburn. It's a big it's a big family. And then news filtered to the to the wider community. You had uh, prayers and best wishes. You're obviously a very likable chap. Nobody really has anything bad to say about you. Um, and we were, you know, I was getting regular messages from other cricket people from other cricket clubs asking, you know, how are you? What's the latest? And it was quite a scary time because it was going off the updates where I was getting off your mum Diane and it was up and down. It was never clear cut. It was still very concerning. But we also made a video. The boys, uh, boys made a video for you. All of us, all of us came together. It was edited by uh, Grant Milliken, who who put it together in the end. We got that over to you. It was a suggestion that your mum would actually ping me that that might lift your spirits. How did you feel when you when you seen that video? You know, I actually really liked the video, and I, I didn't actually see it until I got to the ward. And by that point, I was starting starting to mend. So that really, it was a bit emotional to be fair. <laughs> I bet it was. I bet it was. Yeah, everyone can I say it? Because I think some of them were quite emotional as well. Cause, and then I kind of made me realise, actually, it's to put, put kind of lots of people through it. <laughs> if not yeah, me. no, not you on purpose. Not you on purpose, yeah. by no stretch. I but know, no, honestly, I mean, I remember it vividly, man. It was a, 
it was a really emotional time. Focus was, we were trying to focus on the cricket, but we couldn't really focus. There was riffs happening between guys, you know, I lost my lost my shit a few times. Happy to put my hands up and admit that. Um, I maybe wasn't handling situations the best way, and it was all because everybody was just puzzled and everybody was just didn't know what was going on, and we were getting more and more worried. And, and let's spare, let's let's talk about your your, your family, um, your mum, your dad, your, your fiance, you know, your brother, your sister. How? Let's get to some more positive. Let's get to a, a positive outcome. How are you feeling? The day that you, you you walk out of the hospital and you're you are reunited with your family. Yeah, I don't know. That was that was a that was a good day actually. See when they when they first tell you though, right? And I'm not gonna lie, you kinda want to go out, so you're like, yeah, get me out, get me out. And then they come in and they're like, right, that's you, there's your letters, there's your tablets, on you go. And you're kinda sitting there going, you know, I really want to be going out, but you've been looked after for the last four weeks, everything was getting done. But then my kind of mum came up, Louise came up, um, picked me up. I was in the kind of wheelchair at that point and they kind of wheeled me down and it was, it was obviously really good to be out because at some points during the, the four weeks you're kind of like, and I know I said I didn't really think about it, but you do, it does cross your mind slightly, like, are you going to get out? How are you going to be in? So the fact I was getting out was a, a real bonus because at the end of the day like the whole point of the hospital system is if you're that bad, you go into intensive care you come down to the ward, they kind of wean you off everything and then you go home. So I was at the end of the road kind of for as far as the hospital treatment came. So no, I was really happy to get out. Um, Dad came and picked us up. Um, went straight back to the house and sat on my couch for the first time in four or five weeks. So no, it was good. Um, good to be back and see everybody. And I think I'd kind of seen as much as the video would show me that as well. Like I think they'd been through a hell of a time. <laughs> so yeah. I could I could see that in everyone. Just, just just the relief and stuff when I came out. You could see it in my face. So no, it was a happy time. Brilliant, amazing news when you're. <laughs> Your mum messaged around and said, you're coming out tomorrow. Then I think the first picture I seen you were sat in the sofa with your dog, Tilly. And I, I remember doing a post on Facebook. I just felt emotional myself. Man. I was just happy to see that you were that you were out. Knew it was going to be a long road, but yeah. you know, at least you weren't in a situation where you were two weeks previous, but it was like, bloody hell, exactly. where, where's this going? Let's talk, about, let's talk about the RAH hospital now and yes. in the, in the <laughs> NHS. Tell me, you know, what your feelings are towards them after this experience. Well, I think I'd, I'd kind of touched upon it earlier. I think I've got, I can only thank them for everything they've done. Um, from the very moment I went in, and especially intensive care, because I suppose that is the kind of nature of it, right? But you're seeing you're seeing the same nurse all day, and they're kind of talking you through things. And they are the only people you speak to, so not only are they caring for you and making sure you're, you're all right, they're actually there as you're kind of, I don't know, you can bounce things off them and you have chats. Yeah. You just, like basically they're just they're just the only people you can see. So I can only thank them enough. Everything they done for me is the reason why I'm probably sitting here. So <laughs> um I would like to kind of do something for them when I'm feeling a bit better. Um, I've kind of thought about it and stuff. So maybe next year or something. Um back yeah, maybe no maybe no long walks or anything just yet. No, but no, no. I said I'd be happy to to join you to join you in that and I'm sure you would get lots of support from Everyone at the club, as well as your family, if you if you do some sort of sponsored event to to help the NHS, it's um you know we we sometimes don't appreciate how lucky we are. There's people in other countries that probably don't have that care available to them if things oh get God. to that point. So it does make you appreciate appreciate life. Has it made you think about life a little bit differently? This, you know, I had and just just touched upon what you said there quickly before that. Like in terms of the NHS, I've never used it. 
I'd obviously use the GPs. Um, never been in the hospital, never like had anything more than antibiotics, right? So I was kind of like, you know what, you know it's there, but really, really when you go in, you see you see what they're doing. All the hours they put in for probably very little money. Um, like it's unbelievable what they're doing. And when you read that diary and stuff, they're talking through what they're doing to you, but actually they're just the kind of things they say, like, oh, so happy you're looking better today, stuff like that. So they care, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, I forgot what you're. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're obviously, it's uh it's probably bringing back emotions. I'd imagine yeah. that you know, it's not a, it's not like a wee small thing that you know that happened, and 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 it's great to hear you talk about the people that were in touch with you. More even nicer to hear that they're probably somebody's mum, somebody's sister, somebody's yeah. wife or husband, and they have that that duty of care that it's not just a matter of doing what they're meant to be doing, but they were actually. You know, speaking with you, keeping your spirits yep. up because you you didn't have your mum, your fiance, your dad, your brother, your sister, and and I think that's the really tough part about COVID. That, that everyone was quite helpless. Your mum, yeah. you know, was in a she she's trying to remain positive, but it, it was hard at times. So when you get out, you know, you've come mm-hmm. home. What were the what were the most enjoyable things? You know that you were uh, you were able to enjoy. Was it good to see Cammy, for instance? He's always a he's always a big positive so and so. Uh he took a few days to come round, you know, it's like um yeah, yeah. but I know I think he was uh I'm sure he was happy to see me, but you know, you know our camera he was just straight into straight into cricket chat and that's that. <laughs> you know what? It's probably not a bad thing, to take your mind off it. I was just chatting about other things. So you know, Cammy, it was good to, good to see Cammy. Aliyah was buzzing, she was down down in England for a couple of weeks just to kind of um, help Louise out and stuff. So um, when she came back, it was good to see her. And to be honest, Louise and my mum were kind of a wreck at the point when, before I came out. So yeah. I think just being out was good for them. My mum took some time off work to kind of help out the recovery. Louise was off work. So, you know, it was just just really good. And getting a, getting a night's sleep in my bed was amazing because I hadn't slept. I'm going to be honest, I, I read the diary as well from the hospital. I maybe slept three or four of the nights out of the whole four weeks. It was just impossible to sleep. Because it's just constant beeping, like they just can't do it. Lights are on, they come checking you every two hours. It's impossible. So the first night I slept so good. Um right. which which is actually really good because you're meant to like your sleep can be affected when you come out. So right. the fact that I managed to come out and get a good night's sleep was honestly really good. It was amazing. <laughs> and then just home cooked meals. But you know, having yeah, that getting, having that luxury. I was getting home cooked meals, I was getting everything dropped off by all sorts of members of the family. Actually, I'll, I'll mention um, my pal Gavin from school uh, came around to visit, but he bought a, a bell, one of these bells you get in the hotels on the, the desk. Right. So uh, Louise wasn't very happy about that because started. <laughs> she was like, uh, Gavin, I can't believe you've done that. Because no, it was like a wee tap bell. All right, tap, tap, <laughs> yeah, right, so, It's funny. So I'll give my shout out for that because I, I managed to use that for a day. She gave me a day of that. And then, uh, so. <laughs> Uh, get put in the bin. Very kind of her. Very kind yeah. of her. I'm surprised you didn't get a clip around the ear. I know. So, that, you know, from there, recovery has is, is, is started and you've started moving moving back forward in your life. You obviously have had a little good amount of time off work, rightfully so, you know, while you get, get back <laughs> to, to reasonable health. But one thing that was a positive was, I can't remember what game it was, Nixie, but you were uh, down I'm with us. Was it Irvin? Irvin at home. So we played Irvin at home. We'd lost three games in the bounds, and we were blessed with your uh, 
with you coming to the ground. You had a nice big director's chair, one of those ones with the two cup holders, um, and you, you planted yourself down there. And from that moment on, things changed. We obviously set out to get promoted in season 2021, and we certainly didn't want to let you down. But I think in general, everybody's spirits just lifted. Did you feel a shift in what you've seen? Because you obviously were just reading bad result after bad result, thinking the wheels have come off. Yeah, do you know, I, I kind of read that, and I probably shouldn't have felt like this because I should have been focusing on myself, but like, I, I guess I do. I maybe do a bit too much at the club, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it showed yeah. during this time that, that you probably do. And I think it's probably been quite good to see because a lot of a lot of people did take on more responsibility, um, which was good. But still, I'm kind of I'm in the hospital going. Do you know what? Maybe if I wasn't here, things would maybe be different stuff. But you can't you, you can't think of that. I kind of slowed out of that. Can't at all. But, but when I came down to the Irving game, I, I still wasn't I still wasn't even anywhere near probably being able to come out. I was still really kind of weak and stuff. Yeah, you lost your weight. It dropped. My weight, my struggling and stuff, but. I was kind of at the point, I was like, can't sit in here any longer. I think that was two weeks, I was a week and a half out. So I got drove down, just sat in the wheelchair. But honestly, the performance that day was superb. I think it was like 240 we got. Uh, Jack got an 85, I think. Um, a couple of others got runs, but we pulled him out for 120. And I was never in doubt. But ever since then, like, I came to every game, whole band away, um, few nervier than others. But Aye. ultimately, in the end, the, the job was done. And I think... Just kind of looking at it, right? A lot of the other teams were probably like the running Kelvin had, and the way they kind of fell in the middle of the season with all the things that were going on, probably thought we had no chance. But to win, to win those six games at the end, including East Kilbride, Drumps, Ayr, who were kind of three of our main challengers, yeah. I think it's amazing. It's probably actually, obviously, the way it's happened has been superb. Like you can only be proud of what everybody's achieved. I think. Um, Everyone just kind of fronted up at the end after all the, the hardship because at the end of the day, we went into those six games having lost three. Yeah. And like like like, like you've always said, you can you can win it becomes a habit, but so is losing. And at that point, we were losing games that we probably should have won, and guys were performing and people's minds were in it. So the fact to manage to flip that and go away and do what we did in the last six games, I think, was amazing. And it was it was good to watch, albeit I'm a terrible watcher. Right. Oh, <laughs> so, listen, I would yeah. have hated to be you, and I know. <laughs> What you're like, you're, you're, you're a person that when you're on the pitch, you're very, very involved with everything that's going on. So I knew that, that watching would have been painful. I mean, we had so many conversations, selections, you know, changes. So many things happened this year, but we just had to, it was a perfect example of just dealing with what the cards you were dealt and just trying to move on the best way you could. But I do think your arrival from that moment lifted everybody at the club um, and the results showed you know, what a run into the end of the season. Now, we've missed, missed one other big important thing that happened. Mm. You did touch on it a little bit, but your wedding obviously got cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, lovely wedding was booked. I mean, just quietly, shouldn't be booking weddings in the middle of the cricket season anyway. But, no, um, that. you know, <laughs> that's, that, that's by the by. So, is there a new date? Is there a new date in place? And, and, yeah. and how, how, how are things at home? Are you, are you excited? Is the excitement building again? Yeah, so do you know what? This is actually our third date, so I don't know if you, maybe people don't know, but we had booked it for June. Right, and that's right. The, the hotel basically had to cancel because um, Euro 2020 or Euro 2021, I can't remember what it was okay. called. So they, they want, they, some teams wanted to use that for the base. Mm-hmm. 
So obviously that's a big big thing for the hotel. So we offered to do. So you got chips. So you got bend. You got yeah. So, so, so we got bend, but we got bend, but we got they've sorted us out. Don't worry about that. But um, okay, good to so hear. We kind of moved the date to the thirty first. So obviously at this at this point I'm in. We probably should be married at this point. And yep. then until the kind of ventilation um, came about, we thought the wedding was still going to be on. Louise was still booking it, and then obviously they phoned Louise and had to say, "No, nah, cancel this." So. They've had to phone up, cancel everywhere. Um, everyone was really good, um, from the wedding venue to the kilts to the photographer. They were all all really good. They've all changed it over. So we're now going from 31st of July to 4th of December. So we've got, December. A, we've got a Christmas wedding. Yeah, um, I've got it in the diary, mate. Very yeah. much looking forward to it. Managed to sort a babysitter out. My mum's kindly going to step in. So I, I'm very excited about, yeah. about this wedding. Listen, third time lucky. All will be all right. Um, Exciting times ahead. Any final kind of messages for anybody who has kind of been involved and part of this this journey with you? So, again, I think just I'd just like to thank everyone who looked after me in the hospital. Um, Also, everyone that kind of gave me the support. Like, all those messages I got from you guys, wider cricket community, people who work, friends. Like, I may not have replied to them all, but I was reading them all. <laughs> and they were, sorry, I'm getting a bit here. But aye, we're good. Um, and just, <laughs> probably shouldn't, but to my family and stuff, a lot of them still to this day, can I say, they wanted to give me a hug, stop punch me <laughs> for putting them through it. So just, yeah, thanks to all them for really kind of helped out and stuff. Yeah, yeah no, look, um, doesn't surprise me that you're getting emotional there, mate. I mean, I find myself getting getting emotional as well just you know chatting to you about this and and main thing is thank god all thanks to everybody's prayers best wishes your family you know you're you're sitting here today you're on the mend slowly but surely you've joined david lloyd's you're going to slowly start getting yourself doing a bit of swimming and whatnot yeah no i've joined i've joined the gym um i think since since i've come out i've just we've kind of we've put a bit of caution to the wind you know we're, we're doing, doing the house up a wee bit um, join the gym, just try to live your life, you know, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> so, might oh, well, uh, I'm proud of you next year, a fighter, and that's why I wanted to get you on and chat through this. You know, it's um, it's been a tough ordeal, puts life in perspective, you know, yeah. appreciate your health, look after your loved ones, families, everything in times like this, and it's shown with your, with your amazing family. I'm so, so happy that you're all back together, um, and we've got some exciting times ahead. First, a wedding, and then we need to get ready and get you back on the field for uh, season 2022 Premier Division. You know, I think so. And Louise probably won't want to hear this, but um, no, I'm planning to have a quite a heavy winter of trying to get myself back into it. So I think there'll be a few more years of cricket left, you know, so she probably doesn't want to hear that. But Of course she does. Of course yeah. she does. She loves, <laughs> Louise loves the cricket. She loves it deep down. Oh, but that'll be good. Um, I guess, first of all, focusing on fitness and stuff. And I'm getting there. Um, recovery's been good, so... When they'll be coming up, looking forward to that. And then, as you say, I'm looking forward to taking on the Premier League again. Exciting times. Look, I want to thank you very much. Very brave of you to come on. I know you were uh, you were we were messaging last night and you were like getting a wee bit like ah, oh, we were nervous about it. You've spoke really, really well, really honestly. Um, big thanks to all the staff at the RAH hospital, big thanks to the NHS. You know we're we're blessed to have them, um, and best wishes to you moving forward. And I'll be I'll be catching you soon enough, anyway, mate. Thank you, Dave. Thank you.
Thanks again. Mate. Cheers for having me. Cheers, Shaky. Take care, mate. Cheers,